Opening up all the uh, the links as I do to the various media I've consumed, and boy howdy, boy howdy, uh, I got a lot to talk about. Apparently, I guess it's because I haven't recorded in a in a hot minute or a cold minute for that matter. Uh, welcome, hi, hello, yes. What is this thing? It's a podcast that I used to record every day and then every week, and now whenever the hell I feel like it, basically. It's just a way for me to get the media I have consumed from in my head out into the world, into the ether, as it were, so that it doesn't sit in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly drive me mad. (laughs) Ah, So, um, since I have so much, I'm going to make the attempt to do this quickly, although... I have had poor luck with that. I actually have a few games. And I can't remember if I spoke of Baldur's Gate 3, actually. Uh, it's not on my list, so I assume I already spoke of it. But, uh, you know, needless to say, 6 out of 5. Yeah, the rare 6 out of 5. Um, I did, you know what, uh, since I last recorded, I did finish my Dark Urge playthrough, though. Um, and was sort of blown away by how different that is compared to a a normal playthrough. Um, You know, quite often in video games, and I've done this, I feel like less in uh, recent years uh, uh, compared to sort of back in the day. uh, I'm thinking Skyrim, Fallouts, those are sort of prime examples where I would play the game as, you know, sort of a good character and then go back and play it as an evil character. Not something I really do as much. Uh, and, and I feel like maybe modern games don't lend themselves to that. Um, or I might just be making that up and it's just the way in which I play games has changed over the years because I do feel like I definitely play games differently compared to definitely when I was a kid. And I wonder if that's for, you know, uh, uh, psychological reasons or is it... Um, the games, (laughs) like, uh, I would often try to get platinum trophies, uh, back in my PlayStation playing games and, uh, had quite a number of them actually, (coughs) excuse me. Um, and now the thought of grinding for a trophy like that does not please me. So I, I tend to avoid grind, or at least try to avoid grind, which is a lot of what the uh, the librarian, go ahead, uh, check that out on YouTube, librarian long plays, <clears throat> excuse me, um, a lot of that is uh, playing games and uh, as much as possible, that is, uh, cutting out the grindiness through the use of mods and uh, other sneaky forbidden magics as the librarian calls them. So, um, yeah, sorry, back to dark urge. Uh, the fun thing there I did as well was used past lore of the librarian since, you know, he, he's an individual who's traveling from realm to realm, AKA game to game. So because he's been in uh, uh, quite a number of games now, the lore is building. And one of the things that happened in a previous realm, uh, Elden Ring specifically, was he found himself a mushroom hat. 
and uh, I would joke around in that, that I could feel the tendrils of the mushroom slowly delving into my brain and driving me mad. So this dark urge Baldur's Gate three playthrough, I would, uh, treat as a sort of a darkest timeline, a, a, a community style darkest timeline in which, uh, the librarian did not fight off the tendrils and, uh, they in fact took him over. So, uh, uh, took him over, drove him mad and evil. Uh, so we have two librarians now, the good and the evil. So if I ever wished to do that again, although it would have to be a very specific game, uh, a la Baldur's Gate three that has a lot of potential for a, a much different evil playthrough, which I can't see happening anytime soon. Um, uh, the other uh, thing that let me do is quite often, uh, the librarian is, he's sort of a, you know, in D and D terms, which of course Baldur's Gate is, he's kind of a arcane trickster, uh, roguish bard, maybe a little wizardy. Uh, I, I do have a level 20 D&D uh, uh, Beyond sheet created for him, and he's got some, uh, uh, you know, bard, rogue. Uh, I think I got a, a level of sorcerer in there. Uh, uh, but for the evil version, I went uh, spore druid, obviously, right? Uh, a mushroomy, uh, sort of a, a mushroom spore-themed druid seem to uh, very much fit that. And uh, I got to say, it was a lot of fun being evil. Although <laughs> the parts that weren't fun is because in the, f in the, uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't even mean to talk about Baldur's Gate 3. <clears throat> oh, well, you know what? That's the, the lovely thing of a podcast that nobody listens to. I can do whatever the hell they want to. And it don't matter. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. Uh, the, the kind of not fun. And it, it, it actually, funny, but not ha ha funny, uh, was when I came across characters that I had in my original playthrough that I became, you know, very close to Carlac, probably the prime example, uh, Minsk and Jahira, uh, definitely. Uh, and then had to be mean to them. It didn't feel good <laughs> because I, you know, <clears throat> I had developed attachments to them clearly. So, uh, when those attachments, were uh, 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 severed and I had to, you know, murder Jahira, for example, it didn't feel great, but I did it. Needs must for the evil librarian. So, you know, uh, check those out <clears throat> in like a year <laughs> because I record freakishly far in advance. Mm -hmm. It was actually during the recording of the Baldur's Gate 3 uh, series that I, I hit the one year mark in terms of how far ahead episodes drop because I drop an episode every Sunday. Funny too, currently right now, if you listen to this episode, which let's face it, you're not because nobody does. Um, my Baldur's Gate 2 uh, series is, is currently dropping now. I think we're uh, going to be episode... Uh, eight by the time this drops eight of, I think we're like 12. I forget what I got up to 16. Uh, I, I can't remember what the, what the number was on that, but, uh, yeah, th those have, uh, those have been fun with the exception of, I had a echo episode I've titled it because I accidentally had an echo uh, on my voice the whole time for some reason. Mm-hmm. Audio. Audio. 
hates it. Okay, I, I really should move on. I, I didn't even mean to say, you know, I'm eight minutes in and I haven't spoken of a single thing I meant to talk of. Like the game Scum. Oh. Does that stand for something? Mm-hmm. Well, it takes place in Croatia. I didn't know that. Okay, so Scum been around for a while. And uh, it did sort of, oh, yes, it's 2018. It was an early access in 2018. And it did, you know, catch some people. Like, I do remember some streamers playing it. And it always looked interesting. And I think since that time, I put it on my uh, wish list. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, sort of waited for it to get out of early access. And I think even waited for it to come on sale, but eventually all of those stars aligned and, uh, I, I got it and, uh, recently played it and it's okay. It's like, it's got a little rust. It's got a lot of Daisy. Yeah. It felt very Daisy, uh, specifically in the jankiness of, mm, yeah, controls and systems like building a simple structure in this and in Daisy is needlessly complicated. And I say, I only say needlessly complicated because it's so easy in other things like, like rust is, is probably the prime, prime example to build a base in rust. As long as you have the materials to do so, uh, it, it is really simple. And I feel like intuitive, whereas here, um, less so. And, uh, and I don't even know if base building in this is necessarily something that people do. I kind of feel like both in this and Daisy, it's almost like it feels more optional. Like a lot of it's just running around this giant map. And that's one thing I will say it is a giant map and uh, I was going to say beautiful. There are, I, I did experience moments of, uh, seeing, you know, beautiful vistas. Uh, I had a boat at one point and I was boating around and it was, uh, you know, some, some nice water. And these are things I do, uh, you know, appreciate in a game when it's pretty to look at. Uh, and well, it's, you know, not going to blow anyone away necessarily. Unreal engine three I'm, or four I'm seeing here. <clears throat> oh, wow. Have you been seeing that unreal engine five stuff? Whew. It's like mind blowing. I feel like the combination of unreal engine five and some of the AI things being introduced into video games. It's like we're getting nearer and nearer. I don't want to say a holodeck <laughs> necessarily, but the ability to like say to your AI, uh, I want to play a video game that's uh, like Rust, but also uh, takes place in the world of The Simpsons. I don't why I don't know why I mix those two things together, but uh, you know I say that to AI and then it generates this game for me to play. What do you think of that craziness? So scum. Um, I never came across anyone. <laughs> this is an online multiplayer online survival game. I never saw a single player, <laughs> which is you know on the one hand I guess sort of problematic for an online game, but also. Um, I was so new to the game that they probably would have just killed me right away and I wouldn't even know what happened. And I played for, you know, uh, probably, well, you know what? I could check. Yeah. You know what? It's one of the nice features of steam 
is you can uh, look at a game and I'll tell you how long you played. Six hours. Okay. I, you know what? I actually thought I played for longer than that. Yeah. Uh, and in that six hours, I had some fun. Now it wasn't enough fun for me to leave it installed or really have much desire in the way to play it again. However, I think that deserves, oh, and uh, you know what? I think it's on sale right now. Yeah, it's on sale right now. 50% off. Hmm. Oh, and the, the, there's Danny Trejo DLC. That's interesting. I met him. He's very nice. Anyways, rating wise, this seems to me a perfect three. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, three is enjoyed while watching, or in this case, playing, but probably wouldn't play it again. So, you know, during those six hours, I had fun. However, it's not a last, it's not something that's going to live uh, either paying rent or rent free in my mind. It's just sort of, it was a time past that I had enjoyment. Thank you. Moving on to, oh, I just closed the window. Uh, game the second, Guild of Dungeoneering. Ah. Uh, Guild of Dungeoneering is a dungeon crawl role-playing video game. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's evil. Uh, <laughs> accurate. I don't know why I said evil. I think because I was reading the word evil. Uh, Turn-based combat and card uh, game mechanics. Yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's accurate. So you're traveling through a dungeon, your little guy. You don't technically have control of him. He just sort of wanders and you will encounter things primarily, but not exclusively bad guys that you have to fight. These fights are card battles, which, uh, I've played uh, card battle games over the years. And I always have a lot of fun. Like I played a lot of hearthstone, uh, although I haven't played for years, but I feel like with a lot of these, I'll play for a while and then I'll get sick of them, <laughs> but I, but I enjoy playing them while I am. And this falls into that category. I did, uh, uh you know, get very far into, okay. How long did I play this? This one, I bet you, I, I can almost guarantee you I played longer. Yeah, I never thought to uh, check this before. Guild of Dungeoneering. Ultimate Edition. Played for 10 hours. Oh, okay, yeah. See, again, I would have guessed I played longer than that. But um, during those 10 hours, I uh, had a lot of fun. Uh, just to get it out of the way, I feel like rating-wise, I'd go 3.99999 repeating. Not quite a 4. But uh, I, I enjoyed this more than Scum, definitely. And... Um, can see a scenario in which I would uh, pick it up again, because since the dungeons are randomly generated, they're just like little, little squares. Um, you could, you know, get some replay value out of that. And also the, uh, the, the your little protagonists that you're playing, there's like a whole whack of them to choose from. There's gotta be like, definitely into the double digits anyways um each offering although not completely different ways in which to play there's the there's you know there's some differences it's maybe not a vast difference if you're playing say a artificer and a a, a, a warrior but uh, there's definitely some mechanical differences depending on which uh, uh sort of 
token. Mm, yeah. Representation of the, of the adventurer, let's say. Uh, so that's a guild of dungeoneering moving on to, uh, you know, let's actually share some similarities. And I wonder if I did this on purpose. Like I had fun. Cause I know I played it right after a loop hero. So right after guild of dungeoneering, maybe I had a, a hankering because there's definitely some similarities. Um, with loop hero, the lich has thrown the world into a timeless loop and plunged its inhabitants into never ending chaos. Wield an expanding deck of mystical cards to place enemies, buildings and terrain along each unique expedition loop for the brave hero. Um, yeah, that's uh, what it is. <laughs> also randomly generated map. So, uh, there'll be a path that sort of goes around in a circle and you know, it's not a perfect circle. There, there's, there's some, uh, uh, you know, ups and downs. And, uh, it's, again, it's a, a randomly generated path. And along that path, you're putting things directly on it, usually in the form of, uh, you know, enemies, which sounds counterintuitive. Don't you want to, uh, you know, make it easily? No, because you need to gather resources and equipment through these loops in order to gain power, because if you just go through the loops and don't add anything, um, the, uh, the, the random baddies that do spawn will get harder and harder. However, you will not get more and more powerful because you're not accruing that equipment and, uh, uh, uh you know, things like uh, adding to your health and your, your attack speed and your, your magic resources and things of that nature. Um, fair amount of strategy, um, and a lot of the cards interact with each other in, uh, interesting ways. So, uh, you have to sort of plan ahead a little bit, uh, particularly in the form of, uh, um, getting to the, 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 the final loop of each stage, each stage of which there is six, I think something like that. You're definitely going to die a lot. This is a, uh, uh, does it say roguelike? I don't think it does. Um, and if you die on a map, you lose a lot of your resources. So that's the other sort of balance you got to figure out is you can leave a stage anywhere, but you only get all of your resources. If you leave it, if you're in the position of the starting location, which is like the, the little town which is uh, an interesting mechanic. So it's sort of that risk versus reward. You get back to the town after the loop and you see how much health you have left and how much resources you have left and how many baddies have shown up and think to yourself, okay, can I make it around one more time? I would quite often fail at that <clears throat> uh, guess and uh, try to go around one more time and, uh, you know, inevitably die. So I wasn't that good at it, but was a lot of fun. Uh, how long did I play? Just since I did it for the other ones, might as well do it for this loop hero. 13.8 hours. Ah, see, <clears throat> look at that. Uh, you know what? That's interesting. Cause I am going to give it a higher mark. I'm going to go 4.2. Yeah. Loop hero. Very much enjoyed. And, um, I didn't leave it installed. That's usually my fives and, uh, five is usually leave installed. And that's sometimes a six as well. Fives and sixes leaves installed. Uh, this I didn't. So 4.2. Yeah. I very much enjoyed loop hero. 
And if it sounds interesting, hey, check it out. Use my uh, coupon code. I'm just kidding. I don't have one. Oh, uh, plus, uh, I just wrote a little note here. Plus a return to power wash simulator. Yeah, I did the, I did the hop back into that. I had the, uh, was it Midgard DLC? Yeah, it was, uh, it was good. Um, I do want to get the SpongeBob DLC. I've got it in my wish list, but it's expensive if you uh, don't wait for it on sale. So that's just what I'm doing. Um, yeah. Anyways, from moving into movies now. Moving into movies. Actually, you know what? Let's do TV and end with movies. Mm -hmm. I like that. TV. So what do I got on the go now? Um, oh, yeah. Taskmaster, season 16. Oh, uh, you know what I wanted to do? I made a note of this as well. Look at me, good making notes. A prediction. So we're three episodes in. I think fourth is dropping this week. And it's 10, if I do recall. Uh, my prediction of winner. Well, <laughs> I wanted to do this prediction for two reasons. To see if I'd be right, yes, and get it on record. But also because, well, let me just give you my prediction. My prediction for the winner of season 16 of Taxmaster is Sue Perkins. Sue Perkins. Just because every time I've ever seen her, she seems very smart and maybe it's the glasses, <laughs> but, uh, just sort of smart and witty. And, uh, I was very much enjoyed her on anything I've seen. Now, the other reason I wanted to make this prediction is because back when Jodie Whittaker, just before she became uh, doctor who the current doctor who, Hmm. Um, just before she was announced as Doctor Who, a lot of people were throwing out predictions of who they thought the next Doctor Who was going to be. Uh, we knew it was going to be a, a female Doctor Who, but uh, that's all we sort of knew. Uh, and when I say us, I mean, you know, the collective people not working on the show and not who, who actually knew who it was. So one of my predictions, actually not one of my predictions, but my prediction at that time of who's going to be the next Doctor Who was Sue Perkins. She was not, but I feel like she would be very good at it. Um, so, you know, I was disappointed. Uh, I, I, I did come to uh, very much like uh, Jodie Whittaker. So, you know, there's that at least. Um, but yeah, Sue Perkins is Doctor Who. What do you think? Anyways, that proved wrong. So I want to make up for that wrongness by being right this time. Fingies crossed. Um... The Mrs. and I are working our way through uh, the television show Vikings, um, uh, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, <laughs> one funny thing of the most recent season, um, or was it the last one? Well, it doesn't matter. The Vikings are uh, sacking Paris, and it's you know sort of caused me to look up. Did the Vikings ever sack Paris? Because I was sort of surprised at uh, uh, that. And from that you know, simple Google search, we learned that a lot of the things that take place on the television show Vikings are, uh, you know, factually, uh, accurate to what actually happened in real life. So that was sort of very interesting, including the main character, Ragnar Lothbrok being like an actual person, an actual historical figure. So, um, you know, they're, they're definitely taking liberties uh, a lot of the times, but, uh, it was interesting to see, um, Vikings. Yeah. Enjoying. Um, we're also still working our way through cheers. We have made our way to the, uh, Rebecca Howe years finally, which is nice because, uh, uh, I prefer her over Diane. 
personally. And these years get a little more, I don't know, farcical. Yeah. I suppose that's a word you could use. Anyways, I, I just tend to like the tone of these later, later cheers episodes compared to some of the, the earlier ones. I, I feel like the early ones may be a little more grounded, but that's not necessarily something I yearn for. Um, since, you know, a lot of my media consumption is in the form of an escape from reality. So what I want to be grounded. Don't ground me. Sky me. Hmm. Um, what else? Oh, uh, cabinet of curiosities. This was a, a suggestion of the missus, which I'm uh, very glad she did. The most recent episode we watched was definitely my favorite. It had, uh, Peter Weller. Um, uh, it was really weird. Uh, <laughs> she did not like that one. That was her least favorite one, which is quite often, uh, whenever we watch something weird, uh, usually she will not like it and it will be my favorite. <laughs> this was a, the sort of a perfect example. Uh, we also, wait, did I finish the last episode? Oh shoot. I got to check. Um, most recent season of black mirror. Uh, actually talked to Mrs. Zinno watching one of those and she liked it. It's kind of funny. Black Mary and Cabinet of Curiosities, many similarities, many similarities. Well, just in, um, uh, I was going to say tone, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, organization, no structure structure. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, a, a series of somewhat connected, although I feel like cabinet of curiosities is more connected, somewhat connected stories of the spooky variety. Hey, just in time for Halloween. Look at that. Oh, it's Friday the 13th today as I'm recording this. That's fun. <laughs> Dumb and full of spooky. Um, so the, uh, I think that's it in terms of shows yeah uh with the exception of star trek lower decks which i wanted to talk a little bit about um i'm into episode seven so there's three more to go caves the next one is called caves interesting um okay so i'm just looking tuvix i have no bones yet i must flee mm-hmm in the cradle of Vexalon, something borrowed, something green, and pathological fallacies, Parth Ferengi's heart place, and a few badgies more. Okay. What was my favorite? Maybe the first one, the Tuvox one. Um, yeah, I think that actually was my favorite. So if you're familiar with Tuvix, RIP, RIP Tuvix, a lot of debate online of whether or not, you know, Janeway did the right thing in uh, uh, splitting apart uh, Tuvok and Neelix from the being Tuvix. Hey, if you know, you know. And a lot of that often feels like just good old-fashioned sexism. Like, if this was a male captain who had to make this tough call, this call of basically killing an individual in order to bring back to life two of her, um, or I guess his, in this case, uh, uh, crewmates, you know, would be an easy, um, simple mathematical, 
I guess it's almost like the trolley problem, right? Um, a solution. Uh, it, you get your two friends back, uh, and this new individual who, uh, uh, although has some, you know, right to live, I suppose, uh, uh, they should, <laughs> you know what? They should make the sacrifice. Yeah. But, uh, they don't want to, so you have to kill them. Mm hmm. Um, uh, in the episode, uh, a whole bunch of, uh, quote unquote, two vixes were made from uh, uh, melding together a bunch of the crew members of the ship, which was fun. I always like stuff like that. Like, um, I did a, uh, D and D session once, or did I do it or just have it written out and I never got around to it where, uh, so there's four, uh, four players and they, um, each rolled a die forget how I did the mechanics of deciding who gets melded with you, but basically each of the, uh, 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 characters was melded with one of the other players. So it was like there was four and then they were melded and then there was two of them. Um, and, and I had like certain rules for how it would work, like in terms of taking your turns and in battle and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> who's, who's doing the walking and, and, and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was interesting at the very least. It was interesting just like, uh, Star Trek lower decks, which I'm loving, but ba 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 I'm loving it. Okay. I think I could finally work my way into movies now, which I'm going to try to do quick. Mm -hmm. We devoted a lot of time to other things. Let's do the movies quick. Just like, when I say quick, do I mean quick and furious? Huh? Segway? Fast X from 2023. Dom Toretto and his family mm -hmm, are targeted by the vengeful son of a drug kingpin, Hernan Reyes, as played by none other than Jason Momoa. I think did a great job. Um, something I like when they do with a, uh, a bad guy is make them insane. Yeah. Mm hmm. If you're going to have a super, super bad man or woman, uh, make them insane. Why not? It adds a, a, a fun, quirky little, you don't know what's going to happen layer, which, you know, with these movies, you kind of know what's going to happen. However, adding a crazy person, you know, it, it, it helps with, not suspending my disbelief, but adding a layer of curiosity at what's going to happen next, because quite often that is not there. And, you know, longtime listeners, if such a thing exists, um, will know that whenever, uh, the media I'm consuming goes in directions that I cannot predict and don't know what's going to happen from moment to moment, those inevitably, uh, end up higher on my list than those where it's predictable. Predictable, sometimes you'll feel, or at least one will, or I will, I guess in this case, will feel smart that I guessed what's going to happen. So there's, you know, oh yeah, look, I was right. Yay. But then there's the disappointment that I knew it was going to happen and then it did, <laughs> which I'd rather not have. I'd rather be wrong. Um, so fast deck. Yeah, it's more of the same. Um, this was sort of surprising the missus's least favorite of the franchise so far Whew. yeah she likes the more grounded ones which you know i, I for me the crazier they get the better they get <laughs> I, I don't watch these for the groundedness 
Hell, go back to space. Uh, Fast X and Jason X. Jason X was the was the space one, wasn't it? Speaking of Friday the Thirteenth, weird. Yeah, Jason X. <sighs> Jason Voorhees is cryogenically frozen at the beginning of the 21st century and is discovered in the 25th century and taken to space. He gets thawed and begins stalking, killing the crew of the spaceship that's transporting him. <laughs> what a very down-to-earth way to explain the scenario of Jason X. Thank you, IMDb. Um, going to be doing, uh, you know, probably in the next, I don't know, some months... Another, uh, uh, quote unquote guys movie day, uh, where I have some of my friends over and we watched, uh, stupid movies. And so far the two I have on the list is Jason X and, uh, Leprechaun in space. So two, you know, cheesy horror movies, uh, and then they go to space. <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, all right. So moving on to from, wow, this is quite a jump. Uh, 1976, the outlaw Josie Wales. Ah, Missouri farmer Josie Wales joins a Confederate guerrilla unit and winds up on the run from the Union soldiers who murdered his family. God damn, Josie Wales. That's played by Clint Eastwood. Um, this definitely falls into the category of movies I watch every once in a while. Yeah, like I've probably seen this six-ish times, if I had to guess, over the years. Just a real classic sort of revenge Clint Eastwood western. Um, yeah, <laughs> period, full stop. Oh, uh, shoot, uh, Fast Tech, what's my rating before I move on? Um, I go, you know, three to four-ish. It's, it's fine. It's a fine movie. My desire to rewatch Fast and Furious movies is not large as a general rule. Um, whereas this movie, Elijah Josie Wales, five out of five, because I do have that itch to rewatch every couple of years. Um, just love a Clint Eastwood Western. I wonder if I've seen every Clint Eastwood Western. I feel like I... I should check some uh, at some points. Uh, okay, so moving on from 2017. For the name alone, I had to watch Space Babes from Outer Space. Dumb. Three space women land on Earth in search of sexual energy to fuel their spaceship and get back home. They befriend a lonely farm boy who helps them on their plight, all while evading the mortal enemies, the Scrotes. It kind of sounds like I made that up. However, I did not. This was a weird one. Uh, it sounds just like a porn. <laughs> no, it, to be fair to myself, it wasn't. Uh, I forget where I heard, uh, how I heard about this movie, but I heard it was just like insane. And as you can tell from, it must have been on a list. Like a lot of the movies I watch, not a lot, but a fair amount of the movies I watch are, I'll see a list of movies like, the top 10 crazy movies of 2017 let's say this was on that's probably not what it was on but the point stands um uh yeah it's dumb the acting's bad the uh, uh the special effects are special and uh overall it's just like it was insane some of the the practical effects in terms of like what the scrotes look like like giant 
dicks and balls. That's the bad alien guys. Just insane. Insane. And for that reason, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a hard to rate. Like, I'd probably go... I'd probably go above a three. Yeah. Um, but this is definitely a, a not for everyone movie. Oh, I see it's not rated either. That's usually not the best sign. Uh, no one even want to rate it. Uh, it, I, it wouldn't be rated X. There's no, you know, full penetration. You do see some boobs, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, this is the type of movie that you'll know if this is a movie that might be, uh, uh up your alley. If I, I don't have to tell you if you hear the title space babes from outer space and you think, Oh Jesus Christ, then probably not going to like it. And now if you hear that and like dumb, stupid, ridiculous fun, then maybe it's for you. I, I see it's got comedy and sci-fi. Yeah. That's uh, uh that's accurate space babes from outer space for the title alone. Uh, okay. You know, also fun and stupid and dumb, but, uh, fun. Did I mention Renfield from 2023? Uh, uh, Renfield, Dracula's henchman and inmate of the lunatic asylum for decades, longs for a life away from the count. His various demands and all of the bloodshed that comes with them. Um, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah, nine years later. Um, very much sort of reminiscent, and I wonder if it took some things from, yeah, it kind of felt like it did from what we do in the shadows. Like maybe the popularity of that, uh, helped in the creation, the, 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 the coming to being of this possibly. Uh, also the fact that goddamn Nicholas Cage is Dracula. I could watch that all day. Yeah. Like give me a Nicholas Cage Dracula movie. Give me a uber serious, uh, dark, gritty Dracula movie, uh, just blood and guts and gore and darkness and torture and Dracula's played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, that'd be great. Uh, we got Ben Schwartz. That, that was another, uh, a delight to see, um, Nicholas Holt as Renfield. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Aquafina, uh, as, uh, she plays a, a cop, uh, also good. Uh, shoot. I don't know if I've ever actually said this girl's name. Uh, Al who you may recognize from, um, uh, Succession. Was she in Succession? Am I thinking of the right person? Field Archer. Wait, is that a different person? <laughs> Am I dumb? I might be dumb. Anyways, uh, uh, she's been a, in a bunch of stuff. She's always good as well. She plays Ben Schwartz's mom and sort of a leader of a, 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 a you know, a criminal underground. That's fun. <laughs> I'm using the word fun a lot because this movie is, I felt, um, reading wise. Jeez. Uh, you know what to go, uh, four. Yeah. Four plus or minus some points depending on uh you know if this sounds up your alley or not uh for me it was for the reasons listed 
Uh, moving on to from 1975, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh. In the fall of 1963, a Korean War vet and criminal pleads insanity and is admitted to a mental institution where he rallies up the scared patients against the tyrannical nurse. Mm. Um, the missus had never seen this. So I wanted to address that wrong because I feel like this is probably a, yeah, uh, you know, and, and I don't say this for any movie. Like I definitely wouldn't say it for space based from outer space. That's for sure. Uh, a movie that everyone should see. Uh, and I think this falls into that category. Uh, it was a good book too, if I do recall, although it's been a number of years. Um, it didn't have too much difficulty talking the missus into watching this as sometimes i do um sometimes i really gotta sell it <laughs> because she's been watching ratchet um which is like the prequel i guess you would say um with uh, the 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 aforementioned tyrannical nurse nurse Ra nurse ratchet is played by louise fletcher who uh, and it took a while for, uh, the missus to clue in on who it was since we watched Deep Space Nine together and she plays, um, Kai Wen. Oh man. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Um, like it's hard to tell. No, probably Kai Wen. I was going to say, do I hate her more in this movie or hate her more in Deep Space Nine? And yeah, I hate her more in Deep Space Nine. She's just so good at playing a, a character that you love to hate. Hey, you know what? I don't love to hate. I, I just hate her. <laughs> I hate to hate her. Um, Scatman Crothers is in this, you know, uh, when did the shining commence? Yeah, that's interesting. Shining 1980. Oh, okay. So I wonder if in the shining Jack Nicholson was like, uh, oh yeah, maybe we can get, uh, I worked with this guy named Scatman Crothers back in, uh, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Maybe we can get him to play, uh, uh, you know, what was his name? Doc? No. What was his name in The Shining? Scatman Crothers? I'm going down a, a, a rabbit hole. Halloran. Halloran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is a, a, a drama comedy, a, a, a dark comedy. Yeah, maybe. Which is quite often, and I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again, uh, always feels like the most real. Because life is not 100% drama 100% of the time, and it's not 100% comedy 100% of the time. It's a mix of two. Often a very dark and hilarious mix of the two. So when you have a movie like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, where you're seeing the best and the worst of people in the world, uh, it sort of stands to real that it feels real. It stands, is, yeah. <laughs> Does that sentence make sense? Hey, anything's possible. You just got to believe. Um, easy five out of five. And, um, you know, if, as someone who's spent, uh, you know, uh, some time in a, a, a mental institution, not an institution, just a, a, a ward. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a, a lot of it felt like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Interesting. Really brought me back and not a 100% uh, pleasant way. Although, uh, you know, sort of reminiscing at uh, times gone by and the journey that one has taken, uh, that sort of thing.
Yay. Uh, from one flew over the cuckoo's nest on two from 2022, one hour photo, two movies that start with the number one, huh? A mentally, oh, interesting. Unstable photo and photo developer targets an upper middle-class family after his obsession with them becomes more sick and disturbing than any of them could imagine. Starring Robin Williams. Now, this is a, uh, one of the favorites of the misses and, uh, I, I've probably seen it. This is probably a third viewing. It's, it's very good news to say. And I think the reason is, well, it's definitely Robin Williams. And I think this is maybe, I don't know if it's the best example. You know what? I'd love a list. I wonder if it exists anywhere. I'll tell you what, let me do the uh, attempt for audience participation that I still do from time to time, even though nobody listens. And that is, uh, feel free to tweet at me, Jordan underscore Maywood, or I'm now on blue sky, which I've been enjoying. It's like the, uh, you know, a less racist Twitter. Mm hmm. Um, what are roles in which comedic, Actors and actresses uh, uh, delved into the world of drama where they were incredible. Yeah. Where they showed that, and I do believe this, and it's not an original thought, but it's definitely one that I uh, um, sort of believe strongly in, and that is a dramatic actor may or may not be able to pull off comedy <laughs> and quite often not. Uh, I'm looking at Robert De Niro is probably one of the best examples he tries, but I don't think he is good at it. Whereas you take a, a comedic actor and their ability to do drama is often way, you know, Brian Cranston. Hmm. Uh, 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 this is an example I would often use Robert Williams in, in this movie, just the, the creep factor that he, uh, uh sort of brings across on screen is, is really incredible. Like, <laughs> like it's one of those so creepy, it makes you like itchy or something. He's just really good at, uh, at, and at creeping you. And he, he's not doing anything too like gory or, or yeah, you know, nothing gory or like a lot of his actions are, you know, taken individually. <laughs> I guess there's when he breaks into their home and has a shit in their toilet. That's a little weird, I suppose. But a lot of the things he's doing, uh, especially outwardly is just sort of normal, you know, whatever. But then there's this clear, deep underlying, eh, I guess, insanity that, uh, uh, percolate, percolates throughout that, uh, is really, truly scary. Hmm. Um, yeah. Rating wise, go 4.7. Yeah. For one hour photo. I do enjoy this movie every once in a while. Weirdness. Oh, okay. Moving on to, from 2016, uh, Swiss army man. Okay. Yeah. This is an interesting one because it's, I remember when it came out and it looked interesting and I was meant to see it, but for some reason I just never did. Uh, a hopeless man stranded on a desert Island befriends a dead body. Yeah. And together they go on a surreal journey to get home. Surreal journey to get home. Yeah. That's a very apt description. The stars, uh, Paul Dano, 
and uh, Daniel Radcliffe as the titular Swiss Army man. Uh, this is weird. Um, this definitely falls into the category of movies of the missus would hate <laughs> levels of weird. I loved it. Uh, I think I'd easy five out of five. Yeah. No hesitation on that. Um, it's very beautiful. Um, it, it tells, a, a just an insane story with a lot of strange things happening throughout, but also you know, beautifully shot, which is not something I have to bring up when I'm talking of movies. Like, I guess I probably would for like a, uh, Wes Anderson. I, I know I've brought up just because I enjoy watching, uh, you know, a, a movie where you could pause the movie, take a picture of the screen, hang that on your wall and it would, you know, look good. <laughs> There's a uh, definite, some moments, you know, maybe not to a Wes Anderson degree in this, but definitely some moments in this where you could do that. Oh yeah, there's one right there. Um, Paul Dano, you know, is probably, I don't know, I, I feel like one of the just greatest actors of our time. Yeah, I'll say it. Not really <laughs> going out on a limb, I don't think, by saying that. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, you know, he had to, you know, be dead for a lot of this. <laughs> so, uh, that must've been difficult, you know, he's dead, but you know, I don't even know how to explain it. Eventually he can like talk and stuff. So it's not like he is just a limp dead body the whole time. Um, it's, it's so weird and I loved it. Moving on to also weird 2022 Hellraiser. Oh Yeah. Uh, a take on Clive Barker's 1987 horror classic where a young woman struggling with addiction comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box. Unaware of its purpose, purpose is to summon the Cenobites. The Cenobites. Oh, uh, yeah, we've got a female pinhead now, which I didn't realize was going to happen. So that was surprising. A female pinhead. Wow. Um, <laughs> what an age we live in. Okay, so oh, the... Oh, okay, sorry. I was just looking at uh, Jason Lyles as the chatterer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's who I was thinking. Him Abbas. That's who's from. I knew one of these movies had the girl from. Uh, um, succession in it. It's this movie. Um, wow. Anyways. Um, Hellraiser as a franchise is interesting and, you know, weird and sort of goth, I feel like, and dark. Uh, I, does this live up to the original? Like the original ones, they never really blew me away in terms of horror. They were more sort of strange, gory things than super scary things. Yeah. Like. I don't know if I've ever really been scared by a Hellraiser movie. They're just sort of weird, but yeah, they're, they're more weird and off-putting than they are scary. I feel like, um, I do have one of my favorite, which I, you know what? I wanted to find that actually. Oh, there it is. Um, I do have a, uh, Hellraiser box. It was like, uh, the DVD box set of, I think it was Hellraiser one, two, three. Is there, how many Hellraisers are there? Let me just see. Or is it just the first two? Or is there only two? 
Hellraiser. Um, Hellraiser. Hellworld? Hell, okay, maybe there's like a whole bunch of them. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Okay, I, I think it was the first three in the box, but apparently there's a whole whack of them. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's just see. There's Hellraiser. There's... Oh, I wish these were in order. Hellraiser... There's Hellbound, colon, Hellraiser 2. <laughs> then there's Hellraiser 3, colon, Hell on Earth. Why would you do that? That's insane. Why wouldn't it be, why wouldn't it be Hellraiser 2, colon, Hellbound? But instead it's Hellbound, colon, Hellraiser 2. That is insane. I've never seen anything like that. Okay, and then the rest don't seem to be numbered. They gave up on the numbering system. There's Hellraiser Bloodline. Hell, okay, Hellraiser colon Bloodline, Hellraiser colon Hellworlds, um, Hellraiser colon Judgment, Hellraiser colon Inferno, Hellraiser colon Revelations, Hellraiser colon Hellseeker, Hellraiser colon Debtor, Hellraiser colon Origins. I think that was like a remake. Hellraiser colon evolutions, resurrection, prophecy, Hellraiser colon debtor, winter's lament. Oh, that's a short. Uh, Hellraiser colon angels to some, angels to some. That's a video. What does that mean? Oh, motorhead colon Hellraiser. That's a music video. Uh, we've got a few documentaries, uh, hell on earth colon, the story of Hellraiser three. I bet you that's interesting because there's probably, you know, some cool stuff in order to make a documentary about it. Hellbound two, Hellraiser two lost in the labyrinth. Some of these are videos. Some of these are shorts. Hellraiser colon. What's your pleasure? Oh man. Oh, Chatterer, colon, a Hellraiser fan film. That's interesting because that was the one, uh, a Cenobite that jumped out at me. No, uh, Butterbean. Was it Butterbean? What's the name of the fat? <laughs> I'm just going down rabbit holes on this one. Uh, and I just started to take rabbit hole. Um, Butterbean, Cenobite? It's like butter something, right? Butterball. Yeah, no Butterball in this, unfortunately. Okay, so that's Hellraiser <laughs> 2022. Uh, Rating-wise, yeah, it's fine. Um, three and change. Uh, moving on to from 2022, another spooky one. This one chosen by the missus. Uh, talk to me. Hmm. Um, yeah, watch the trailer for this. The trailer is actually really, really good. Made me want to watch it. Um, when a group of friends discovers how to conjure spirits using an embalmed hand, they become hooked on the new thrill until one of them goes too far and unleashes terrifying supernatural forces. Yeah, pretty creepy, pretty spooky, pretty altogether kooky. Um, I don't think I really recognized anyone on this, but, uh, did enjoy it. Let me just throw out a rating of three point six nine. Three point six nine. Yeah. Um. Never really felt super scary, 
it was interesting. And the thing I like of something like this is trying to figure out the rules. Because apparently there is some. Like how, how the possession works and what's going on. And I did like the ending. Which maybe you could tell. Um, again, long time listener, uh, without spoiling it, that, uh, I do often like a, a, a not, you know, super happy ending, <laughs> which this was not. So, uh, that I appreciate. Um, I think the missus liked it as well. Yeah. Moving on to the final film from 2022 as well, actually Jerry and Marge go large, which is a title that rhymes. This is a Sunday movie. Yeah. Uh, a movie where were you to watch it on a Sunday, lazy Sunday, snuggled up in bed with your significant other or by yourself. Hey, that's also cool. Um, <coughs> this movie very much fits that vibe based on the true story, which I think I did remember hearing about this or have heard of this, uh, based on the true story about long married couple, Jerry and Marge Selby, who won the lottery and use the money to revive their small town. Now it should be who, okay, let me, let me fix this, uh, this description, um, with one word based on the true story about long married couple, Jerry and Marge Selby, who repeatedly win the lottery and use the money to revive their small town. Yeah. You need the word repeatedly in there. Basically they figured out some math. This guy's a really good math dude, which, you know, on the one hand I find super impressive. Uh, on the other hand, because my inability at math is so strong, I find it's scary. <laughs> no, uh, annoying. No, another word. Yeah. Pick and pick a, some sort of negative word. And, uh, that'll be fine. I'm, I'm not too worried about what, uh, words you pick. Um, what was I saying? Sunday movie, uh, starring Brian Cranston, uh, Annette Benning. We've got Rain Wilson, Larry Wilmore, uh, Michael McKean. Great to see him at all. And, uh, uh, Brian Cranston is the, uh, uh, titular Jerry. And, um, yeah, it's just sort of a, uh, you know, feel good film that uh, fits that Sunday vibe. So would I recommend? Yes. If you watch it on a Sunday. So rating wise four on a Sunday, less on any other day of the week, snuggled up rainy. Yeah. Watch it on a rainy day. Get yourself a, 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 a hot cup of cocoa on a cold rainy day, snuggled up in your blanket. Jerry and Marge go large, feel good is a word you might use. Yeah. Uh, all right. I guess that's it for this episode. Um, it's been a while. I don't know if I have been, uh, uh sticking to the unplanned one month, uh, one episode a month. Maybe I've been sort of hitting that, but then again, maybe I'm not. And, uh, you know what? I haven't been too worried about it either way. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, let me throw another, uh, uh, I guess it's sort of a plug, but also just because I like talking about things that I like doing. Um, I've been playing rust Ooh, shocker. I know. Um, but I've been playing it in a bit different way lately. And that is with the goal of making these sort of super relaxed and chill, 
uh, uh, music movie video things. <laughs> so basically, you know, I'll, I'll make these locations, usually a, a, at least two. Uh, this current one I'm working on, it's got one, two, it's got four. Yeah, I went a little overboard. Um, we're all it's sort of create these ideally uh, sort of beautiful locations uh you know be it a, a building like a, in this one i've built a, a a lighthouse a functioning lighthouse which i gotta say wiring that was not easy um and i'll sort of go to these places in the game while i have this uh royalty free sort of chill lo-fi uh, a, a music playlist on in the background and uh, I, I found a server where I could have it rainy so it's sort of like a, a that aforementioned cold rainy day outside while I'm sitting in the lighthouse by the by the fireplace roaring fire rain and thunder outside with these sort of chill beats and I'll just you know uh, sit there for 20 minutes in the game I mean while these uh while this music's playing and then i'll go uh travel to the next location and then sit there for 20 minutes and it's just sort of these cool beautiful because the game can very easily be made quite beautiful uh beautiful visuals over these just sort of calm uh i could use the word chill a lot these calm chill beats um you know uh, usually a little over an hour these videos and I've been, uh, you know, enjoying the making of them and then, uh, the, enjoying the watching of them, like, uh, put the, put that on before you go to sleep. Whew. Boy, howdy, boy, howdy. So, you know, you could check those out too at, uh, the librarian long plays on YouTube. Why not? I mentioned it here because, uh, you know, it's a thing I have enjoyed doing. Um, I guess that's it. Oh, you know what? Let me give an honorable mention just because it's literally on my screen that I'm about to, uh, uh, turn back on as soon as I'm done here. Oh no, it was defaults to 4080p. Uh, 39 DAF. She's a streamer uh, based out of uh, Vancouver Way or BC Way, somewhere out there. Fellow Canuck, anyways, which is nice. And um, she's uh, very funny. Uh, you know, a little, little, uh, little weird, which I uh, appreciate. And um, I think what I like most about watching her, well, uh, I don't know. If it's most, but what I do like watching about her is she plays a shit ton of horror games, like just a, a ridiculous amount. Like I, I've never, there was one day and I don't know if she just had a backlog or, or what it was where she must've dropped like a dozen, like full playthroughs of like these real shitty, uh, steam, uh, you know, horror games, like uh, individually made steam horror games and stuff. Uh, you know, it's just a, a a delight and watching her play those is doubly good it's got the double goodness for the reason that uh you know a lot of these games are too scary i can't play them myself <laughs> i need to watch her play them so uh she also did um uh baldur's gate one and two yeah i don't know if she's posted her baldur's gate three one I, I should see that because i wouldn't mind watching that as well regardless uh yeah i very, I very much enjoy her her uh, uh, content as it were so I'm, I'm about to watch 
Uh, she plays Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, Part 2 Finale. Mm-hmm. It's nice, too, when you're uh, working. It's also, sadly, I'm about to do. Um, have that on in the background. Yeah, and because it's, you know, Part 2 is five and a half hours long. So, you know, just throw that on in the background while you're working. Pretty goddamn delightful. So thanks, 39 Daff. Mm-hmm. And thank you for listening to this. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was...